I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Lone Star House of Design, produced and distributed by the team that brings you Convo by Design with another story about design and architecture from the great state of Texas, featuring Mike and Brian, the married team behind Yates Design. Partnerships are what make life fun and interesting. I think so anyway. In my experience, the best partnerships are those that have opposites working together. In this case, you have Brian, who is educated both in interior design and landscape architecture, raised in South Texas, and Mike, raised in Oahu, working in Manhattan as a lighting designer. Mike and Brian created Yates Design in 2015 and have been practicing in Dallas ever since. Important to know that you will hear how they hung a shingle without knowing anyone in Texas. Really, they're going to share how they networked and built their firm from scratch. This is one of those rare firms that offer both interior and landscape services with equal mastery. You will find both Southern charm and big city sophistication in their work. I think that's important right now. I believe that the renewed interest in those moving from highly congested cities like LA, New York, Chicago is growing. I think the next three to five years, you will see an absolute explosion in the Texas population, Dallas being the biggest beneficiary. Folks moving in will be looking to blend their contemporary sensibilities with Southern charm. And the Yates design team are in a very good spot to benefit. This is Mike and Brian Yates of Yates Design. Mike, you were you were born in Hawaii. Brian, you're from South Texas. You both met you met in Manhattan. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. We actually met the night they passed gay marriage in New York State. You met that night. We yeah. met that night. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> so how did what what you're in you're in New York, obviously a design mecca. Mm-hmm. When was the, when did you make the choice to move back to Texas? So, um, are, are we? So basically, we we decided. Okay, I was working at my dream job. I loved I loved where I was at. I loved the projects that I was working on. I loved the people. But we kind of hit this um, big deciding factor. We were either going to buy a house in Manhattan or. Um, Mike said, well, you know, you've always wanted to open in your own design firm. Maybe now is the time, you know? So we either thought, okay, are we going to open a design firm or are we going to buy a, an apartment? And, um, we just got married. And so it was kind of one of those, or we were just about to get married. And it was one of those things that we were like, you know what, we should just go ahead and do this, you know, so that we can really cultivate the design firm the way that we want. Um, you know, being the age that we were, you know, we had time to really kind of just um, let that come to fruition and grow and enjoy it. And so we decided to do that. Um, we wanted to be back closer to our family. Mike has a brother um, and sister in our, and I have a sister-in-law that are in um, San Antonio. And so, you know, and then my sister and brother-in-law are here in, in Dallas. And so it's just like one of those things that we were like, okay, maybe this is the right opportunity. However, that wasn't because of family wasn't the reason we sparked the interest of moving to Texas. We did about a year worth of research on it 
um, to decide where we were going to go, where we could kind of plant ourselves in the market that, you know, felt authentic, but then also felt that we could, you know, grow with the city and, and, um, you know, build our own design from the way that we wanted it to be. Why, why Dallas? So, I mean, you know, after doing a bunch of research and, and knowing Dallas extensively, you know, it's a hub, right? Everything flies into Dallas. Um, so you can be anywhere in the United States in four hours or less, right? And so it becomes kind of this central location of, okay, we could uh, potentially expand and, and have clients all over the United States and we can still cater to them. Um, plus, you know, just knowing, knowing the economy here in Dallas or here in Texas in general, but also in Dallas, you know, it's a little bit more stable and, and that's appealing. Right. And so, um, knowing that, and then knowing it's a hub and knowing, you know, there's so many people that are, are moving corporations into, into the state, um, it just gives us the ability to really think, okay, there is the opportunity for growth. There's the opportunity of um, catering to different mindsets, different um, styles, different people. Um, you have people that are moving here from L.A., from Southern California, from Northern California, um, you know, out of the United States, from New York. And so you have all these people moving here because of the economy and how it's growing and, and the businesses that are moving their headquarters to Texas, you know, we just thought, Hey, you know, we, we know we're going to be a small fish in a big sea right now, but there's potential to, you know, be swimming with the big dogs. And that being said, I'm curious, what was the experience like for you? It's not easy starting a firm anywhere, but <laughs> it was well, not, it's not right. But no. you know, God, and we probably did it the hardest way possible, I would imagine. We moved to Dallas only knowing my sister and her, you know, my brother-in-law at the time. They weren't married yet. Um, so those are the only people that we knew. And I knew one other friend that lived here. And that was it. And so we really took the New York mentality. I mean, we used to work all the time. Mike traveled 35 weeks out of the year all over the world. And then, you know, I worked a, a hefty amount of hours every week. And, and so we thought, hey, we can just apply that New York sink or swim mentality here and make this happen. And so, you know, we just did what we needed to do to start getting our name out there. And, you know, my biggest admirers are um, George and Glenn with Yabu Pushelberg. Um, you know, they gave us the best advice. And, you know, I left there with um, just so much like love and, and welcoming back if I ever wanted to. It, it was on such good terms. And and so they, they basically they gave the best advice and they said, go to as many parties as you possibly can and get to know people. It's, you know, it's building relationships and, and it's all about cultivating those relationships to you know, just get your name out there. People like to work with people they like. And so it's it's really just being authentic and and showing them possibilities. And so that's basically what we did. And, you know, I think the universe just 
puts people into place the way that um, it's meant to be because we met one person that, that introduced us to another person that introduced us to another person. And I think that's why we really fell in love with Dallas because we always had the, um, you know, we always had the ability to go back if we wanted and, and didn't make it work. Our jobs both loved us. And, and so we kind of had nothing to lose, but everything to gain. And so that's just kind of the leap that we took. It's interesting to hear you say that too. Um, because having lived in Dallas and, and knowing Texas the way that I do, having family in Texas the way that I do, there is a, there is an, I'm trying to put it into words. There is a welcoming culture. There is, there is not the skepticism and not the hesitancy to start a relationship and meet somebody and get to know them a little bit more as there, as there is on both coasts. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And I think within the first week of really like diving in and, and to go to as many events as we possibly can and just introduce ourselves, you know, what we found so amazing about just being here in the first week or two, because um, we really did, as soon as we touched down, we were just running because at that point, you know, we had so much money for savings that was going to... <laughs> Deplenish, right? And so we needed to make sure that, hey, we need to start getting this going. We have about a year to really kind of coast um, from a from a you know a savings point of view and a family backing point of view. But really, we needed to start to get our name out there. And what we found was so amazing is Dallas is is one of those cities that really does kind of put their arm around your shoulder and guide you. And that's what is so nice about about being here is, you know, people are really willing to give you their A player, you know, their their go to attorney, their go to accountant, their go to marketing people. And, you know, you think about in New York, you know, everyone has a bad stereotype about New York. I find New Yorkers to be the most loving and caring people. You just can't inconvenience them. Right. We're all on. <laughs> That's what it's about. Like, honestly, they will give you look what's going on right now with the pandemic and how amazing every single New Yorker is. I mean, being that at seven o'clock, everyone's like, you know, um, cheering and, and doing all those amazing things. And, it, you know, there is so much love and support, but you can't inconvenience them. Right. But it's also a, a, a city where people are out to make it right. And so they don't give their number one person for their attorney or their accountant because they don't want someone else to get ahead of them. And that's what differs between being on the East Coast and then being here in Dallas. And we just found that so refreshing and lovely because that's kind of how we are. We think that it's always about rising tides, right? Even with other design firms and and other um, other people in the industry, you know, we're here to kind of get together and to grow together. And it's to us, it's not about a competition because everyone is so different and in design is, is open to interpretation, just like um, viewing a piece of art, right? It in, invokes this, your own emotion and, and feeling. So I don't know. That's what we, I guess why we like it here so far. 
curious though, sharing of resources is really important. Absolutely. The biggest challenge in, in my experience in having these conversations with designers and architects is establishing that relationship within the community. Absolutely. But it's also finding the clients. How did you approach that? So we're a 100% referral-based company. And um, what we did to start is Mike got his real estate license, and he can kind of talk about that here in a little bit. But we got introduced to, um, he started working at Dave Perry Miller and working for a real estate agent there that um, kind of opened a lot of doors for us. Um, Her name's Julie Provisano, and um, he worked on the team. And so what we did to start um, I said, hey, you know, I can style the homes for you if you need to um, get them ready for the market. I'm happy to give you my opinion. And so what we ended up doing was um, kind of putting a presentation together that took a lot of pictures and made not a lot of notes. And then the clients were able to um, either implement them themselves or they could hire us at an hourly rate to come in and do that. And, um, you know, saying, hey, we can just spend maybe $1,000, utilize all the furniture you have, and and rework things to make it a little bit more inviting and appealing to buyers. And so we did, and we had a really huge success rate on that where we didn't do too many homes, but the ones that we did weren't on the market that long. And I'm talking homes that are in like the million and a half to two up. Um, But you know, those clients sold their house and they liked what we did and they saw that we could do something on a lower price point. And so they would hire us for, you know, their next job. And uh, we finally got one project that was a full remodel and we worked with those clients extensively for a year and it just kind of built and built and built on that. And, um, you know, those people would introduce us to their friends and their friends would interest us to their friends. And we really love being a referral based company because it's all if we like them and they like their friends, we know that it's going to be a good relationship. That's really smart. That's a totally different approach than I've than I've heard before. It, it feels like it's a long way to go on the real estate side, but it, it sounds like it was a, it was a calculated risk and it obviously paid off. I mean, we weren't making much money when it came to that, but it, it was something that, you know, helped us to get by at the time that we thought this could be something. And, um, I don't know. It, it just kind of worked out. It just kind of worked out. Isn't yeah. that, isn't that the greatest? Yeah, it was, it was really great. Uh, one of the first things that I got involved with, when I did start uh, real estate was Buffini and company. His name is Brian Buffini and he's a business coach uh, started real estate in California and has a business, um, a business now that basically teaches you the referral based method. And it's a longer journey, like we said, um, but it's really about cultivating those relationships. And with that, Brian did do a lot of the staging of the homes and we were moving stuff around. People were really surprised, but it's that continued connection. And I would write hand notes to people. I would give them a call saying, how you doing kids, um, birthdays. It's all about creating that personal touch for us, right? We really want them to like, we 
are not just working for you, we're and we're guiding you on making the right decisions. And it's about options. And it's not about it's not about just saying, okay, this is what I see for your house and we're gonna run. You know, we really do coin ourselves as more lifestyle designers. It's it's all relationship driven and it's all collaboration. And so we really want to be that tool for our clients and to collaborate with them. Because at the end of the day, we want the house to be an extension of who they are and who their family is. Interesting. What did you find in the design community? And I'll back up a second. Not the personality so much, because that that welcoming Southern style is, is amazing. And it's very different from New York or L.A., but I'm curious about the strength of, of the design, the interior landscape design community a, as a whole. When you come from New York, you got the D&D building. And no, that's Miami. You've got, what's your, what's your design center in New York? Oh, I never went there that often. <laughs> um, it, you didn't have time. Yeah. I'm uh, trying to remember, but you, ha- you have a very well-established design center, right? Yes, yes. And in... In Dallas, you've got Market Hall, you've got you've got resources, but what did you find in the in the strength of the design community? You mentioned a lot of events, but what did you find in the strength of the design community there? Well, you we get to know, you know, other designers because everyone starts to go to all of these events and so we started to build relationships with them. And to this day, um, you know, we still will uh if we are stumped and we need a resource you know we'll pick up the phone and call a handful of people that i know that they're like hey call this person he's great at this and so we utilize that quite often and and also frankly if if we don't think that the clients are right fit for us we're the first person to give them a handful of referrals to other designers here in town um but we utilize all of our friends that are that own their own company or work for other people as as resources as well. I mean, you know, one of my best friends, our um, really good friends, you know, owns a design firm just like we do. And so it's it's um, it's all about working together. So I'm curious in in this new reality that we're living in. You mentioned the all the events and the and the gatherings. That's that's going to be shut down at least for a little while. Um, how do you see that changing? That that gathering mentality, that that social engagement. How do you see that changing? Well, we haven't really changed too much. We've just changed platforms. I think um, for for us, you know, what we we did with our clients is. You know, we're not able to see them all the time. But what we've done is we've implemented Zoom. I mean, we um, we are on Zoom calls with them all at least once a week. Um, and when it first started, you know, after like maybe three weeks into the pandemic, you know, we decided, hey, what if we have a bottle of wine delivered to them and we set up a happy hour with our clients? And so we started doing that. We would invite the builder and we would invite the client and the two of us and, and we would sit down and not even talk about work. And so, you know, it's kind of changing that platform more so than changing 
um, not being able to be social. It's finding innovative, innovative ways to continue that human touch. Yeah, exactly. Even though we can't actually touch. It's <laughs> earthy and, and face. But I think that there's always, you know, whenever, you know, you think about 2008 um, and the market crash, you know, people became inventive. And then that's when we had Uber and, and um, you know, different, different services that provided innovative things. And it's always through, you know, the platform of when, you know, stuff like this happens that people get really inventive. And, and so that was really kind of what we were trying to think. How can we still interact with our clients on the same level, but um, change our platform? And, and what you guys have also done is you've, you've, you've created a, a broader platform. So you cover interiors, you cover landscape. And, and Mike, tell me a little bit about your, your lighting experience and sort of what that, what that has been able to, to sort of bring to the, to the firm. Yeah, my lighting experience, um, I was a company manager, production manager, and lighting supervisor for dance company. Um, mainly Paul Taylor Dance Company in New York City. So my job was to take 16 dancers, three technicians, um, costumes, lighting, scenery around the world, uh, basically in all different shapes and venues, and basically recreate what we put on stage at Lincoln Center anywhere from Tel Aviv to Hammond, Louisiana. Um, and make sure everybody got there on time, um, flights, cars, hotels. So the kind of big giant puzzle that it, it created, um, was where my strengths come in. So I'm very much into organizing everything, keeping everything flowing and going. Um, and when we do hit any kind of roadblocks or situations, which always kind of happens, um, getting that opportunity to really talk to the client and then um, kind of come up with solutions together. So that's really where my kind of strength comes in. I always say I'm kind of the left brain um, to Brian's right brain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny is you say it and I, I actually, I get it. That makes perfect sense. Um, Tell me about the canvas. Do you guys work primarily in in Dallas, or do you do you work around Texas as well? And do you do you travel much? Well, um, we love to travel. We've kind of taken a little bit of a backseat to traveling since moving to Texas, just because you know we are trying to grow the company. Um, and it for a while it was just the two man show. Uh, we now have an employee, Kelsey that uh, started January 1, so that's been a great addition to us. But we definitely, um, we take those cues from traveling and we, we build upon kind of our library of design and that's what inspires us so much is being able to see other things and how people do um, create other designs and kind of bring those and mash them up into our own design. I guess when I mentioned travel, I mean travel for the business. Oh, uh, sorry. No, 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 no. And, and I'm sorry, I, sh- I should have actually um, sp- spelled that out because you mentioned, both of you in your bios, your, your extensive travel, 
which I, I actually wanted to get to as well, because I think that, you know, in, in my experience, one of the one of the greatest references to inspiration for designers and architects comes from travel and, and finding ideas elsewhere and figuring out how to implement those ideas where you are. And, you know, sort of broadening the question a little bit, having lived in Dallas for nine years, I can tell you when I was there, I was there in sort of, I call it two tours, one for six years, one for three. And the one thing that was really striking to me was brick house, brick house, brick house, brick house. When you look at your exterior, you have a choice. Do you want this color brick or that color brick? But I'm seeing things change and it doesn't happen by itself, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, just to go back a little bit, you know, we're not limited to Dallas by any means. We have a project right now in Scottsdale, Arizona, Telluride, Colorado. Um, we had one in Palm Beach, Florida. So, you know, to us, it's really about working with the right clients um, more so than the location. But we love to go anywhere um, the client wants to take us. I'm, sure. I, well, I'm curious, though, and you go back to the referral system, the clients, the, the projects that you're doing in, in other cities, are these from mainly Texas clients who have second homes, vacation homes in other cities? Is that where, where it's coming from? Well, the one in Scottsdale um, happens to be our brother-in-law, but um, the one in Palm Beach, that was a friend of ours in New York, said, hey, my sister has a brand new house and needs a lot of help. Um, so it, that was a referral base. And then the one in Telluride right now, um, that is that is a, a vacation home from a client here. So, um, yeah. yeah. It's great. As far as resources go, um, your, your design center, I just sort of want to circle back to this. The, you have a central design center where, how do you guys do the majority of your sourcing and specifying? Do you do it online or do you like to do it in person? Um, personally, I like being in person. Um, I like, I think both of us are really heavy, like we've said already, <laughs> relationship-driven. And so for us, it's, it's really, we love to interact with other people. We like to have them guide us. You know, having them be an extension of our team, uh, we do source online as well, and and I think it's probably half and half to be honest. But you know, when you have a relationship with a vendor, you know, you know that they have your best interests at heart. They're they're there to to pull options for you, be an added tool for you, and then also help if something goes wrong. And so. For us, we rather have a point of connection than just doing it online. However, we still do that as well. Mm -hmm. I think we use online kind of as an initial uh, conversation, um, getting kind of a feel of where they're going with. Then we can talk to the vendors and our, and our relationships there and say, here's what we're looking for. We're, we're coming in on this day. Um, with the client, would love you to meet them and walk us through and see what you have. Yeah. And that way they can really touch, feel, um, and if it's a furniture piece, sit in it and kind of really fall in love with the item. Yeah. But, well, I, but what I would say is because of what's going on, you know, we've probably leaned a little bit more on our reps, um, especially, you know, tile and stone and um, 
and really saying, okay, here's kind of the direction we're thinking. Can you pull options for us and, and email those or, or have those curried over to us to see them? And I think it, that's what's been kind of a wonderful thing about what's going on is, you know, that's kind of taken some time out of my schedule to go and look and source for those when now it's like, okay, why didn't I actually utilize our reps a little bit better and a little bit more efficient um, now? And so I think that that's kind of a positive that's come out of this for us. Interesting. That's a really interesting idea. Um, and that being said, I kind of feel like that gives that gives your reps a chance. It, it sort of empowers your reps. Um, I, I feel like in the past there's been a there's been a, a focus on a hard sell, right? From from manufacturer reps, product reps, but it doesn't feel that way anymore. It feels like the the consultive approach is. It, I think people have finally realized, especially in in design that that's a better approach to take. It's not about the hard sell trying to push a very specific product. And I, for that, I go back to um, something that has always annoyed me. And you know what's funny? I don't know why it's always annoyed me, um, but the idea of the color of the year. Do you know? <laughs> does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> it annoys me. It's like, oh, oh, so salmon is the color of the year, so I'm going to go paint. Uh, a room salmon. Well, if you paint the room salmon, then you have to go change the furniture. And if you're changing the furniture, then you have to change some other things as well. It just, it never made sense to me. It's like, this is the color that you're going to like this year. Yeah. Well, I will say on the opposite side of that, you think about, you think about the color and then you even think about music. I mean, it really does pinpoint a period in time that you can say, oh yeah, it's like avocado green. Oh yeah. I remember that time. Um, so I can totally see what you're saying and I can also see the other side as well. Um, but we're not really ones to, to go down that route. We, <laughs> we really want to, we really, so our objective is really always to extract our client's design language, right. And be a tool for them. And it's all about collaboration, uh, collaborating with our reps, it's collaborating with our builder and it's developing that team together to create a cohesive and successful project. And I think that that's what's, that's what's important for us. Um, but I, I think that sometimes that does help to, you know, give us an opinion or give us um, uh, an idea for, for the color. And I think that it's something that's just exciting that comes out every year, whether you use it or you don't. Um, you know, we sat on a historical presentation about the color of the year with Benjamin Moore and, you know, with them pulling those colors each year, uh, and they, they kind of would lump it into maybe like in years of five or something like that. But um, it was interesting to see what those colors of the years were and how, oh, I really see how this relates to what was going on during that time. Um, so I do find it interesting as kind of a color theory exercise more than a I'm going to implement this into the room and and change everything because that's the newest and greatest trend. Fair enough. Um, that makes total sense. At the same time, I'm curious. I'm a I'm a fan of trends, and I put it to put it in context. I, I, I'm not a fan of trendy, and it's it's interesting because I feel like 
trends are what everybody's looking for. But the moment you take trend and you add a why, it becomes a bad word. And I totally get it. And I get why. You know, and to think about it, Harvest Gold and Avocado Green at one point were trendy, but then they caught on and, you know, they were popular for almost a decade. So at some point you have to say, you know, it's not that it was a bad idea at the time. It would be now, but it wasn't necessarily then. I'm curious, what are you guys seeing now that's exciting you? It could be color, it could be furniture, it could be fabric, it could be architecture. What are you guys seeing right now that you're absolutely crushing on? Well, I, that's kind of a hard question for us because, you know, we could talk about it personally, but then, you know, for our clients, you know, that kind of is irrelevant. It's really about, it's really about them and not creating the trends for them. But, you know, for me, I'm a big fan right now of what's going on and what's coming out of Australia. I think that the interior design there and the architecture there is really exciting and, and really innovative. And I love the play on texture and palette. And um, I pull a lot of inspiration from Australia at the moment. Interesting. And, and I, I get what you're saying. I kind of feel like when I started doing this, having been a design and architecture enthusiast, but certainly not an expert when I started this seven years ago, I would, I would have these conversations with creators and I would ask a designer, you know, do you have a signature style? And while it's not a stupid question, it's extremely pedestrian, right? It's, it's like, right. and I've come to learn over time that the best designers, they don't have a signature style per se, but every designer I've spoken to has a fingerprint. It, I 100% say the same thing. There's an underlining aesthetic um, to every designer, I think, but there's an adaptability to, um, I think, styles. But I think there's always kind of an underlone, uh, undertone note that is a designer and that you can tell it is a designer. Yeah, and that's why for me, though, you know, one of the things I love best is to have conversations like this. What your clients want is is great. That's what makes the job fun for you because you get to hear what they want and then you get to interpret it any way you choose. I'm actually curious what what you guys are crushing on personally, what what you like, because I feel like, you know, whatever whatever you guys like, the both of you, or, you know, together and individually as a firm and as in individuals, that sort of has something to say about your design fingerprint. You know, it's not a style. It's just sort of a part of the DNA of how you design. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for us, you know, we probably have a little bit more of a contemporary note to our um, our interiors, our, our architecture. Um, but we believe that it also has to have a sense of warmth well. And, you know, we love stone. We try to to create some unique pieces um, and some, you know, wow moments within our interiors. And so for, for me, you know, it's really material is what excites me and how we can kind of blend material and, and kind of push the clients outside their comfort zone just a little bit. But then at the end of the whole experience, you know, then turn around and say, that's exactly what I wanted. I just never could say that. Um, 
but yeah, for, for us, it, it's all about creating that kind of, um, that warmth, that contemporary vibe blending. I, I love, you know, everyone calls it transitional, which I really have a hard time with that word. It really <laughs> makes the hairs in the back of my neck step because I don't think that that's a way to, it's just a new play on a description. Right. Um, but for us, it's not about being one or the other. I like that blend. You think about, okay, if you have a completely contemporary home and you put a traditional element in it, it automatically looks contemporary because of the environment that it sits in. And it kind of has that avant-garde look. And it's really, it's all about balance. And that's what excites me is creating um, something that's unique and different and kind of maybe pulling from from different um, different cultures and aesthetics and kind of mashing that up into what's right for our clients. And to me, that's, that's where um, I get excited. And I think for us too, the word of the year is really authenticity, right? And it's just trying to be as authentic as possible with our approach to design and our approach to the palette and our approach to the collaboration with our clients. So true. So true. Have you had a chance to travel around? Well, backing up a second. So, Brian, you're from South Texas. Um, so you've probably done your fair share of traveling around Texas. Mike, have you had a chance to travel around Texas at all? Um, straight down. Straight down. <laughs> straight down. Okay. All right. San Antonio, and then I got to go down towards South Padre and, and that, the Valley area. So... That's kind of my extent. I, I have gone uh, in my past to Houston and Austin with dance companies. Um, so, but that's usually I fly in, I get to see a beautiful theater and then I get to drive on. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's interesting because one of my favorite things to do is to drive around Texas and get lost. And that's really where this whole thing started from, you know, wi- winding up in cities like Alpine or going, mm-hmm. going and seeing Marfa or going yeah. to going to round top. Um, Abilene, Lubbock, just cities that, you know, they're not travel destinations per se, but it's amazing. They're not just rustic either. Right. I mean, I think every, every city town here in Texas has its own identity. (laughs) Yeah, it does. And that's why I'm such a fan. And that's why I absolutely love talking to people like you um, and having these design conversations. I really appreciate the time. This was great. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian. Excellent job. That was so much fun. And thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Please subscribe to the show so you catch every episode of Lone Star House of Design and Convo by Design, uh, where you get your favorite podcasts. You can simply ask Alexa or Siri, say, hey, Siri, play Convo by Design. And she will. You can follow the show on the socials as well at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram. Check out our YouTube channel for videos from some of your favorite episodes. You can also catch every episode and all our updates and activities at ConvoByDesign.com. Thank you for listening. And until next week, keep creating. 